Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what is up, my friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab Podcast. Hope you're doing well. Hope life is treating you good. We are on episode 32 here of the Speaker Lab Podcast. If you don't already know, we're in the midst of 30 days of podcast episodes, 30 days, 30 episodes in the month of April. So uh, appreciate you hanging out with us. Appreciate you being here. Today, we got another listener Q&A. This is, in fact, we're doing a lot of these during the month. So if you have a question, we want to answer your question right here on the show. So definitely, I want you to go over to the speakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. There you can find the Ask Grant tab at the top of the page there. Click that link, leave us a voicemail question, and we will try to answer that on an upcoming episode of the show. So with that being said, let's get into it. Today's question comes from Kaylin. So Kaylin, take it away. Hey, Grant, this is Kaylin Huntress, and I've got a question for you about certification courses. Some of the speakers that I look up to, like Jack Tanfield and Jeffrey Gittimer, they have certifications where you pay them 5000 bucks and then you get licensed to teach their material. And I can see the advantage, but I'm worried about the disadvantage. The advantage is, you know, you can get your foot in the door and go to a company and say, hey, I want to teach your salespeople the success principles by Jack Canfield, and I'm a Jack Canfield certified trainer. So, okay, there's an advantage there, but I'm worried about the disadvantage of trying to break out on your own after that. You know, if I teach Jack Canfield's material for a few years, and then I want to break out on my own and teach success and sales training, am I going to run into any friction in getting out on my own? And is it worth it in some instances to do it and not in others? I mean, well, here, here's my big question. Do you know any speakers who have been certified and that's how they got their start and then they broke it on their own and it was an advantage to them? I'm looking forward to hearing your answer. I'm a big fan of the podcast. Thanks so much, Grant. All right. Thanks for your question, Kaylin. Let's talk about speaker certifications. All right. First of all, I'll start from a high level view here. What exactly is a a speaker certification. We'll talk about how they help speakers, pros and cons of them, some different ways to think about certifications. And then also to kind of answer Kaylin's last question there, if you are going to do some type of speaker certification, how do you begin to transition out of it and, and kind of leverage a speaker certification to build your own business? And is that something that, that's even possible? So let's start with just a high level view of what exactly is a, a speaker certification. Now, Kaylin, you did a great job of just kind of describing it, but there are a few different types of certifications that I want us to talk about. So so one of them might be a, a situation where you would get certified on a certain program or by a certain speaker to go out and present their material. And so that would mean that you'd probably pay some type of training fee up front. There would probably be some type of, of ongoing royalty for any gigs that you would do using their material. And so you could put on your site and marketing materials that you are a certified speaker that is endorsed by, you know, so-and-so speaker or program. So that is one scenario in which a, what a certification might look like. 
Another situation or another type of scenario here would be that the, the speaker of the program actually tries to proactively book you or offer you as an option. So in the first situation, let's just say that I'm a, a we'll take the example there that Kaylin gave. I'm a Jack Field, Canfield certified speaker, and I'm able to you know kind of put that stamp or that, that image on my website. I'm able to talk about that. I'm able to do their material, uh, but that's about the extent of it. It's not like they're actively promoting me. And the second option here, the organization would actually try to book me or to offer me as an option. So let's again, let's take Kaylin's uh, Jack Canfield example here. So let's imagine that Kaylin is a certified Jack Canfield speaker and presents on his material. And let's imagine that Jack Canfield himself gets an invite to speak in an event and his fee is, let's just say $30,000. It's probably actually even higher than that, but let's just say $30,000. But the event wanting to book Jack only has a budget of $5,000, right? They clearly cannot afford Jack. You with me? So what Jack's, you know, Jack or Jack's office or whoever would be able to say would be, hey, Jack's fee is quite a bit more than what your budget is. However, we do have another speaker, Kalen, who we have personally trained, coached, mentored, and he could come present the exact same information that Jack would, but just for a fraction of the price. And so if the organization booked Kalen for $5,000, then Jack would just get a cut of that. Does that make sense? You track on the meet, let me go through that again real quick. So people continually come to Jack to say, hey, Jack, we want to book you. There's only one of Jack. And so Jack creates many Jacks, little Jacks, Cracker Jacks. Does that work? Yeah, maybe. That's a stretch. Then people that would offer be able to go speak on that on Jack's material and present the same stuff, but just a fraction of the price. So it's not Jack, but it's still Jack's material. And so that could be some type of uh, quote-unquote speaker certification. And so there's a few speakers and organizations that would do something like this or offer some type of program like this. Now let's talk about how a speaker certification, if you're going to do something like this or have some type of arrangement like this, let's talk about the pros and cons to something like this. All right, let's talk about the upside. The pro side of this is that you, you're you getting material that you know actually works. You're not having to really create anything new. You know, that's a challenge for any new speaker coming in and getting started is I'm just, I'm not really sure what, what works, what doesn't work, what stories, what jokes, what content, what training, what transitions, what openings, what closings. I'm not really sure what works. And so I'm just kind of figuring it out on my own. But if I'm doing something like this where I'm partnering with an organization, organization and I'm presenting their material, I'm going to get material that they have tried, that they have tested, that they know works. So that's a win. Okay. A second pro, a second upside here is that depending on the arrangement, the organization or the speaker may also help you get bookings. And again, this is kind of that second example we just talked about between Jack and Kalen, that maybe they are proactively trying to book me and represent me. That's a good thing. The third pro or upside to this would be that depending on the market that you want to speak in, having a certification could really give you a lot of credibility with potential clients. So it may be the type of thing like, you know, uh, Jack Canfield or whoever, they're not just allowing any speaker to be certified for them. They want the best of the best. And so something like that may carry a lot of weight with potential clients. Oh, wow. You're, you know, you're a such and such certified speaker. That's a really big deal. And so therefore they're more likely to book you. So that, that could be a potential upside. Another one, the fourth 
potential upside or pro to all this is it's just a good way to get lots of, of practice and at bats. And one of the things that you've heard me talk about here on the show is that the way to become a better speaker is to actually speak. And so especially if they're actually booking you for stuff and they're proactively trying to get your, your name out there and get you more bookings, then it gives you more opportunities to actually speak, which is a good thing. So there is some upsides to it. Let's talk about the other side of the coin. Let's talk about the downsides, the cons to this. Now, one of the big downsides downsides to this is that you're, you're basically dependent on someone else for your business. And so you're dependent on on getting Jack Canfield's hand-me-downs. You, that's really what you're waiting on, you know, and something like that. You're counting on them to book you, which is not a great way to build your business in general, is that you're dependent on someone else. This is why I always try to actively teach you how to book your own speaking engagement. And so if you get something from a bureau or for someone else, that's great. It's just kind of icing on the cake. Another downside here, the second one would be that depending on the, the program or the speaker, a certification may not mean much or, or do much for you. And I'm going to go into this more in just a second. But again, depending on the market and depending on the certification, it could mean a lot or it could mean absolutely nothing at all. Another downside is that it could be very, very expensive depending depending on, on how much they might charge for training. A lot of times there's some type of upfront fee and then also some type of ongoing royalty. So it could just become very, very expensive to go this route. Now, a good way to think about all of this is, is kind of like a franchise, right? If you are going to invest in a franchise of any kind, you're really investing in two primary things. Number one, you're investing in a system. And number two is you're, you're investing in name and brand recognition. So a system and you're investing in the name. So a system is basically, it's a repeatable process process for how to do things that get results. So for example, if you're going to invest in a McDonald's franchise, you are going to get a very clear, repeatable system for how to make a hamburger or how to fry french fries. You're going to get a very, very simple, clear system. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. They will tell you, do step one, do step two, do step three. You will always arrive at, you know, at the final, the same exact result. So you're getting this repeatable system. And then again, the second thing that you're getting with a franchise is that name and brand recognition. So if you wanted to buy a fast food franchise, McDonald's is going to have a much bigger brand recognition and carry more weight than opening a franchise with, let's just say, Bob's Burger Barn, which I don't, I don't even know if Bob's Burger Barn is, is a thing. Um, and exactly that, that nobody has ever really heard of Bob's Burger Barn. So that name recognition isn't going to be as valuable. It is going to take more work to get people in the door. Whereas with McDonald's, you're buying an existing brand that people will immediately recognize and will, as a result, bring you sales. And so again, depending on your market or topic, a certification or some type of arrangement with another speaker or program could carry a lot of weight. It could carry a lot of value. It could mean something significant, or it could literally mean absolutely nothing. And so that's one of the things you really have to think about, again, depending on the market and the topic. Now, if you are interested in going this route and if you want to look into some type of speaker certification or you have the opportunity to be a part of some type of, of speaker certification, I would generally recommend that you not do an exclusive deal. And here's what I mean by that. An exclusive deal would mean that all bookings that you have, whether you book them or they book them, has to go through them and they would get a cut of that. I would always recommend that you do some type of, of typically like a non-exclusive arrangement, meaning you can book your own gigs, you can go speak. But the key is that when you go speak, you would have to do completely separate material 
from what you are certified in. So meaning that if you book your own thing, but then you go do the material that you're certified in, you would need to let that certified program or, or, or speaker know. And if you didn't, it's just, to be honest with you, it's just flat out unethical, not cool at all. And so really, if you're going to do something like this, you want to have a non-exclusive arrangement, meaning that if you go do this, the certified program through that certification, that certified company, great. But if you want to go do your own thing on a unrelated topic, doing your own material that you booked on your own, that is fine as well. Now, when I got started, I actually worked with two different organizations that had some type of setup like this, similar to this, right? One was uh, presenting for school assemblies. The other was was a, a seminar company. And with both, the way it basically worked is that I went and I trained on their material, and then they would book me to go speak. And so like we discussed before, the upside was that I was getting a lot of at-bats and that they were booking gigs for me. The downside was that uh, I didn't make very much money at all relative to what I, I could have been making on my own. Plus, the other downside, like we talked about, is that I was very, very dependent on them to book me for gigs. And so so this was difficult as well. But it's a slightly different arrangement than what Kaylin's talking about, but somewhat where I was going to present on their material to their clients. Now, let's go back to, to Kaylin's original question here. How do you actually break out on your own after certification and kind of develop your own brand. So when I started working with that seminar company several years ago, I remember one of the first things that my trainer told me. Uh, he said, from the day you start, you should already be figuring out your exit strategy. And when he first told me this, I was like, whoa, 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 it's day one. You're already trying to figure out how, how I'm supposed to get out of this. Uh, but meaning that it is easy to get stuck and it's easy to get comfortable on having some other company building your business. But again, you should be able to build your own business without being dependent on someone else. And so when you're stepping away from a certification to develop your own brand, again, remember that the material and the clients from your, your partner speaker organization where you were certified are not yours, meaning that you cannot go use any of the same material and you cannot go book any previous clients as your own. So uh, let's say that I am, uh, again, let's go back to Kayla's example, and I'm a Jack Canfield certified speaker. And they book a gig for me, and I go speak on Jack's material uh, to Jack's client. And someone in the audience sees me, and they said, oh, Grant, you are really, really good. We would love for you to come speak at our event. Now, it would be easy to be like, oh, that, that'd be great. I just got a booking. No, no, no. That's not my booking. I have to go back to Jack and his company and say, hey, such and such here has invited me to speak. And so that lead, that potential booking has to go back to them. And so you have to begin to separate what came from the certification and the material side of it and their clients and what is your own stuff. So uh, you, you have to, you have to treat those as, as two very separate pieces of the business. So Anyway, that is a high level view on speaker certification, kind of the ins and outs, the pros and cons of it. So thanks for the question, Kalen. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that uh, the little conversation about speaker certifications. Uh, was that helpful? Hope that was helpful to you. If you have a question, I want to answer it. I want to answer it here on the show because if you have the question, I'm probably assuming, I'm probably guessing, and I'm 99% right on this, that other people have that question as well. So however small or big or silly or mundane you think it is, I want you to leave us that question. Send us in that question. Whatever it is that's holding you back, wherever it is that you are stumped in your speaking business, you can go over to thespeakerlab.com. Go to the Ask 
Ask Grant tab and leave us your voicemail question. We will try to answer that on an upcoming episode of the show. Do it. Do it. What are you waiting for? Come on, thespeakerlab.com. Go over there. Ask Grant. Leave us that voicemail. Stop it. What's my, but my voice sounds weird. No, your voice sounds fine. Knock it off. Get over yourself. Come on, leave us a voicemail question. We want to hear from you, and we will try to answer that on an upcoming episode of the show. Also, subscribe to the show. Uh, it's Like I said, we're doing 30 episodes this month, one episode every single day. And so I don't want you to miss out on any one of those episodes. So make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. All right, that wraps up episode 32. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.